Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Three sixteen, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow at high noon, the Virginia General Assembly will reconvene. It's their their short session, forty five days. What are we looking for? Governor Yunkin, I know, has a whole list of things he'd like to uh, see passed successfully through the House of Delegates and the State Senate. Well, somebody who knows better than well just about anybody, Jackie DeFusco from uh, ABC8, who covers this and does a phenomenal job for 8 News doing that. I'm happy to say she's got a few moments for us. Jackie, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. What are we expecting up there, Jackie? Uh, Any good bills we should be on the lookout for? Of course, there's always something, right? Well, as many of your viewers may know, this is going to be Governor Glenn Youngkin's second swing at a legislative session. Uh, But the political reality has not really changed since round one, right? Republicans still control the House. Democrats control the state Senate, and they'll continue to blunt many of his plans. So that's something to keep in mind. There's a special election happening today over in Virginia Beach that could potentially build up that state Senate barrier. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, But like you mentioned, it's a short session year. Um, It's an election year, and there is a jam-packed agenda nevertheless. So some of the big things we're going to be looking out for, of course, you've got Governor Youngkin's proposed changes to the budget. One of the big things that's grabbed a lot of headlines is more tax cuts. He, this year, is really focused, we're told, on cutting tax rates, both for people and corporations. That's already getting some pushback from the other side of the aisle. We know both sides really want to pump more money into education, behavioral health, but the question always is, how much, right? Um, On abortion, Virginia has at times been described as the next big abortion battleground state because this is going to be the first time that the legislature is getting a chance to meaningfully look at this issue since the fall of Roe v. Wade. Youngkin has said he wants the 15-week ban on most abortions with some exceptions. Um, And interestingly, just yesterday, the Republican House Speaker Todd Gilbert said that's probably they're they're not likely to move the needle, he essentially said in a press conference with reporters. But we'll see how that turns out. Um, You know, also, interestingly, we're still going to be talking about marijuana. You know, some people think this is a done deal because the state, um, you know, legalized possession. They legalized the limited cultivation at home when it comes to recreational marijuana. But we still don't know exactly what's going to happen for retail stores. And so lawmakers are going to have to revisit that. Um, We're going to see, as we always do, talk about climate change, gun control, gambling still. Mm. um, And hopefully we'll see some agreement. But we will see, right? Well, let me ask you, you know, we mentioned uh, abortion, and it's, it's a fascinating uh, discussion point, because even though House Speaker Todd Gilbert said, yeah, I just don't see that coming down the line right now, 
people have to remember over on the state Senate side, even though it's in uh, the control of Democrats, 21 to 19, Joe Morrissey, for all of his faults, uh, consistently votes in a pro-life position. You think somebody's going to try and sneak this through? Well, so this is definitely an interesting point. Uh, One thing to keep in mind on this discussion is that at least traditionally, these bills have to go through committee. And that's where the odds are stacked against these these bills, because Morrissey does not sit on that committee. And Democrats successfully have been able to kill past efforts, even with, you know, a pro-life Democrat with a narrow majority in the state Senate. They've been able to kill it before it even gets on the floor. The question is, you know, is there some sort of procedural maneuver um, where the governor might be able to get this directly onto the floor through a budget amendment, for example? Actually, when uh, Senator Morrissey was uh, considering a, a bid for Congress, which, of course, he was unsuccessful because Jennifer McClellan took that seat. I asked him if, you know, if the governor were to try to do this as a theoretical for the record yeah. uh, through a budget amendment, you know, is that something that he would support 15 week abortion ban through a budget amendment? And and he didn't rule it out is basically what people need to know. Okay. So that is really why everyone's on their toes about this special election in Virginia Beach, because if Democrats can pull out a win there, then that barrier gets a little bit higher. Right. And Morrissey's right. swing vote is not quite as swinging, although right. definitely a, a matter of concern for Democrats and those who don't want to see new abortion restrictions in Virginia. Jackie Defusco is joining us. Jackie uh, covers our state capital like nobody's business, does a phenomenal job up there. Uh, you mentioned gambling, and uh, here we are. We're stuck, I guess, on Joe Morrissey for a moment because Joe Morrissey's leading the charge to get a casino in Petersburg. Uh, buzz this morning that uh, LeVar Stoney says, hey, let's, uh, let's try again uh, here in the city of Richmond. But then we're looking at some numbers. I don't know if you've seen them yet. John Belial's analyzed the vote in the city against the casino and for the casino and in very, very heavily Democrat precincts that went just bonkers for Terry McAuliffe, they voted against the casino in the city of Richmond. So are you hearing that this is going to be an issue once again? Well, I can't speak to those numbers. I haven't seen them, although that's interesting. But what I will say about what I've heard down here is that this is not a clear-cut issue, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, what you're going to see Joe Morrissey try to do is essentially try to propose a bill to build up Petersburg chances, allow them to move forward with that referendum, and do everything in his power to block Richmond from holding that second vote and and sort of get Petersburg ahead of the game. Now, whether or not that will be supported by other lawmakers. It really is kind of an open question. Governor Yunkin has stayed out of this issue. Um, we'll see what he would do if something like that landed on his desk. I think he kind of wants to let lawmakers hash that out, and I totally understand why. The other thing to keep in mind here is casinos come with a lot of money, and there are other lawmakers with competing interests in this area, right? You've got Danville, Bristol, Portsmouth, Norfolk. They all have casino casino projects that are much further along that are already approved and we'll see this is my personal question and and a bit of speculation but will lawmakers that represent those districts be eager to green light a fifth one that could pull revenue from those other projects as we saw through a recent uh report from the state's watchdog yeah 
It's a great point, Jackie, and uh, I, I too, am sitting back. I'm going to be making some extra popcorn because I think there are a few of these uh, issues that are going to uh, keep us focused, and I'll get you those uh, numbers, the analysis from Belial's. They really are fascinating, just FYI. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, one of Governor Yunkin's key issues you touched on a behavioral health uh those of us with uh, disabled uh, family members uh, disabled children as uh, i have uh we know that the wait list is absolutely outrageous I, people mm-hmm. are so far behind it's 20 30 40 years in some cases people will quite literally i don't mean to sound hyperbolic but people will quite literally die before they get one of these waivers. So Governor Yunkin says we need to fix this. It's been one of his uh, passions since he took office. And it would seem to me if Democrats and Republicans are going to agree on anything, wouldn't it be helping members of our community who are disabled? So, yeah, this is a big issue, and it's certainly a bipartisan one. This is just also one component of Yunkin's broad package to reform behavioral health. But I did actually do a story on this recently because in that um, in that speech that he gave, he proposed funding for another 500 waiver slots. And he said a pretty strong commitment, which is I want to eliminate that priority one wait list. Again, this is basically providing more state resources to folks with uh, developmental disabilities. Right. He wants to eliminate that priority one wait list by the end of his term. You know, you talk, like you said, you talk to mothers who, uh, you know, have been waiting. I talked to one who had been waiting for 14 years mm-hmm. uh, and just got awarded a waiver recently. So it is a huge issue yeah. on the Democrat uh, Democratic side. I think this is the question, right? Um, certainly, like I said, this is a bipartisan issue. But in the past, there's been questions over, OK, we can fund the slots. But then do we have the staff to actually meaningfully provide resources after we fund the slots? And that's sort of the question, right? And there's a salary component there that the state has been grappling with. And like many areas, the state struggles to compete with the private sector. So can they agree? Probably, but it's still going to be complicated as to, you know, what shakes out in the final plan and what looks realistic um, on, on paper. Great points. Jackie DeFusco joining us. Jackie, of course, covers the uh, the state capitol, everything that's happening up there now that the uh, General Assembly coming back into session tomorrow. Uh, you, you watch her work. You enjoy her work at uh, ABC 8. And uh, you go to the website, of course, and we'll put all of that up on our social media. Taxes, Jackie. Uh, Governor Yunkin got the, uh, the state portion of the grocery tax eliminated. Uh, you were talking about uh, the governor wanting to change some of the tax structure. What are we, what are we hearing and seeing with that? Of course. So on the grocery tax specifically, we are not seeing Yunkin specifically propose to cut the to cut the remaining grocery tax. Right. Mm -hmm. The state eliminated the state portion of the grocery tax, but localities can still levy their own. We may see bills from the Republican controlled House that seeks to do that. But Yunkin, on the other hand, has actually shifted his focus. Um, Like I said previously, He wants to cut these tax rates for people and corporations. Um, The corporations part is really what's getting much of the pushback. He's basically arguing, you know, in order to be competitive with some of the most competitive states, the varsity states, as he affectionately (laughs) refers to them sometimes, Virginia's got to cut its taxes, uh, you know, for corporations. Neighboring North Carolina is on a path to zero. They have 2%. And uh, the fear is, of course, you've got, 
people relocating or just choosing North Carolina, for example, over Virginia. On the other hand, you've already have Democrats framing this as basically a corporate big business giveaway. And so I don't think that there is any appetite on the other side of the aisle for this proposal at all. But again, it's important to keep in mind it's divided government. So people have got to push and pull. They've got to give somewhere. Yep. We didn't expect the standard deduction. I, I, At the start of last session, I really didn't expect the push to double the standard deduction to, to go very far. Um, but to you know the governor's credit, he did get most of the way to his goal, and now he's trying to finish that job this year. And Democrats didn't want to do that either. But you know, in a compromise, anything can happen. Yep. Um, so we'll see. We will see how that shakes out. But it, it will definitely continue to be one of the big debates of the session. Well, Jackie, as always, number one, I thank you for uh, making time for us. You're you're brilliant, and your uh, reporting is uh, absolutely without compare. For folks who are are looking for some of the stuff you're going to be doing over there at uh, ABC Eight, any any big stories we need to know about? Anything we need to be checking out on the website ASAP? ASAP. Well, I'll tell you today. I've been at the state capitol over in the Pocahontas building. There is. Uh, Three press conferences I went to today, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on those right now, talking about schools, prescription drugs. So if you're looking for something on the immediate horizon, that will be posted in a matter of hours, and they'll be on this evening. And tomorrow, of course, we'll have full coverage of the you know day one session and, every, and kind of a recap of what we're looking ahead to and what is at stake. So I'm here every single day. There will be a General Assembly story every single day, except weekends. Yep, I gotcha. <laughs> um, and, they're not here on the weekends anyway. Um, and, yeah, you can follow us on uh, Channel 8, um, uh, WRC.com in and, and Richmond. And I also work for some other state uh, parts of the state, um, out in Virginia Beach, Roanoke, Bristol. So if you're not local to Richmond, we're not leaving you out. Uh, you can uh, you know, see coverage through a number of our next star stations. I love it. Thank you so much, Jackie. That is Jackie DeFusco, ABC 8, and a wide variety of other Next Star stations. She is solid. Make no mistake about it. Uh, she's got a handle on what's going on up there at the uh, the state capitol like very, very few people do, and that's why I uh, go to her and listen to her and watch her, and we'll get all the contact information up on our social as well. Jeff Katz waiting for Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. She'll be along at 335 News Radio WRVA. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.